to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who like me, who really like me. What's up, Chuck and Gene? Oh, Dave, it's true. It's true. I liked you better as Gidget than the Flying Nun. Um, okay. Didn't care for you much as May Parker, but uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And this is Gene Zelak. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And, uh, I mean, if we're going to talk Sally Field roles, really, I think as Forrest Gump's mom, that pretty much that was pretty much the, the high water mark, I think. Has she done anything good since then? Um, I don't know. The mom and Mrs. Doubtfire? Well, that was pre-Forrest Gump's okay, mom. Okay, you're right. What you're right. Did- I don't know. They they might have been like the same week. I don't I don't know. I don't <laughs> it was know. a banner year for her that year. <laughs> I I think they they might have been concurrent. Um, yeah. what about May Parker? Oh, you you already mentioned May Parker. I, I did already yeah. mention May Parker. Did you like her as Aunt May? Nah, she was okay. I thought she was okay in the <laughs> first one. In the second one, she had nothing to do. Look, I'll be we honest. We don't need to get into it, but that's my favorite Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man too. Well, n- n- not that movie, but I I like the and the the Garfield Peter Parker representation the best. Yeah, that's an argument for some week. That's going to be definitely not this week. Yeah, we have too we much got to talk way about. Way too much other one. stuff. <laughs> anyway, so it's Academy Awards night. Uh, we're recording before uh, Best Picture has been announced, so we might get that while we're while we're recording so there might be some chatter about there but um i don't know lack of sports movies uh represented once again yeah yeah ford ford versus ferrari is probably the closest that we got oscar so unathletic yeah yeah but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna change that today right gene yes uh since uh the oscars couldn't do us proud with uh lots of sports movies I've decided that as we're leading into March Madness and we don't have the kind of time to like just sit at home and uh, watch sports movies all day like we'd really like, uh, I'm going to do an abbreviated NCAA bracket style tournament of the greatest sports movies of all time. Cool. So we're going to get to that at the end of the show. Uh, But we're going to start with the Flyers. Woo! Because man, what a heck a heck of a win uh, Saturday night, oh coming off of a, a, a brutal loss to the Devils. Oh my God, was that a crazy win? Seven to ultimately seven two, right? I mean that second goal really didn't count for very much for the Caps, but right. But did that get Ovechkin? No, no points for Ovechkin. Nice. Yeah, he's still two goals shy of seven hundred. Um. Not Claude Giroux, though. Claude Giroux, well, he's way shy of 700 goals, but he has 800 <laughs> points. Um, I think the uh, fourth flyer to do so. Can you guys name the other three? Of 800 points? Uh, yeah. Bob Clark's got to Clark. be on there. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, Leach, maybe? No, but if you're thinking Bob Clark and uh, Reggie Leach, who else are you thinking of? Uh, you mean retired numbers <laughs> or you mean that era, that era? Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't Bernie Perrant. He was in net. Yeah. So you're thinking of Bill Barber. Too. Oh, right, right, right. Barber. Sure, sure, sure. And he has that many points. He did. Wow. He did. Barber. You don't think of it much now, but 
you know, he, he's in the shadow of Bobby Clark and that Broad Street Bullies team. But when you really look at it, it was Clark and Barber neck and neck for the whole era. Uh, then we go to the 80s. We go to. Was it Tocket? Uh, Mis- Did Tocket? Not Tocket. Uh, Mr. Gaffal himself, Brian Prop. Oh, Brian Prop. Okay. And then here's this is the one that's going to be my out of the box guess is going to be now, is it career or just as a flyer? I don't know, but number four is Claude Giroux. So unless uh, that's your guess, no, 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 no. I thought it was four, and, Cl- and then Claude Giroux was the fifth. My other guess was going to be Rod Brendamore because I was like, what other person got a lot of points as a flyer and was here for a long time? Yeah, yeah. it would be an okay guess. Brendamore played in. A lot of the dead puck error. So well, and he liked hard. to hold it in front of the net too, rather than do anything <laughs> with it. So yeah, Brendan Moore holds it. Um, sorry Brindamore for the wait. Brendan Moore waits. waits. <laughs> but um, joke, right? That was his actual name, Brendan Moore waits. Yeah, Brendan yeah. Moore waits. Brendan Moore holds it. <laughs> um, but Giroux got three points in that game. Those three points brought him up to eight hundred points uh, all time. Um, and it was an amazing win. And Dave, just like you said, it came off that awful devil's loss. You know, so we, we talked about this uh, past week on last show of we had the uh, Red Wings and the Devils and the Capitals. And we beat up on the Red Wings like we were supposed to. And we are doors blown off by the Devils because it was a freaking trap game. Like, no two ways about it. That game. It's a little bit, like, backhanded, though, that, like, the Devils are a trap game. Like, based on the, the neutral zone trap. Oh, like, trap. we watched for years and years. It's like, <laughs> fuck you in the trap. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, they don't play that style right now. I don't know what style they play. Like barely functional, if that's style. Um, well, looked good. Looked good uh, Friday night or Thursday it, night, whenever it was. Yeah, there. it did. It's but so so. Here's my question: Why yeah. do the Flyers give top tier teams so much trouble, particularly in Philadelphia? Um, why they give top team you know, top tier team so much trouble is because they are a top tier team. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the playoff standings and going, well, the, the flyers are not in the playoffs. Um, you know, same old, same old bubble team. But if you look at the league standings, the <laughs> flyers are number 11. They, they, they'd be the up... three seed in the West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, and they are a good team, a good team that lost their number one scorer, you know, to cancer. You know, Lindblom was the number one uh, point getter on the team when he went out. No Nolan Patrick. The Flyers are good. Like, period, end of sentence. The Flyers are good. And um, the home record is a lot better than the road record. But I think... A lot of that was a, a bit of an anomaly. We had the post-Christmas trip, which was a disaster. We had the Lindblom has cancer trip, which was a disaster. We had... We had the start you know, of the year Western Canada f- debacle. Oh, yeah. Um, Prague to 
uh, you know, Switzerland to Prague to Philly to Western Canada to, you know, I think it was we played in five time zones in, you know, two weeks or whatever the case may be. So those road numbers, they're they're not good. I mean, it might be something to be concerned about, but there's a lot of reasons behind the losses. And at home, dominant, dominant at home. And we match up with the Capitals well. You know, Dave, I think you put it out there after yeah. that game. It it would be a heck of a first series, uh, first uh, round series. And if the Flyers make the playoffs, which I think they should, I think they really do think they have enough talent coming up against a lot of these division opponents um, to to force their way into the playoffs. But if they do make the playoffs, they're probably going to be looking at like that eighth seed to, to face off against the Caps. And Jesus, sign me up at seven games of that. That would be phenomenal. And the Flyers have a very real chance of winning it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm not very terrified of the Capitals or the Bruins based on the the games we've played against them this season. Uh, same here. Um, the Lightning are coming together, and they're doing so a little bit later than yeah, I'm not did. into. I'm not into a Lightning series. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, and, uh, and and as we've seen over the past few years in the NHL, it's like. You know, top seed doesn't mean much. No, it really doesn't. It's, you know, the the winner of the, the president's trophy rarely wins the cup. It's usually somebody else. And you, you just need your path cleared. And I think in the East, the only person I'm, the only team I'm legitimately afraid of is the, the Lightning. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, we haven't played the lightning terribly much, um, but that one, nothing loss a couple of weeks back. Good memory. And that was a good game too. That was a, that was a loss. You walked away with from going like, all right. I mean, we did not look out of place at all. Yeah. I was actually at that Um, game and, um, it, you know, there were definitely long stretches of that game where it looked like we had, we had the better of the of the game it and the goal that they scored was kind of on a fluke it was not you know it was not a, a an out muscled kind of goal you know it was it was it, they were definitely we definitely had chances their goalie really did play outstanding in that game well speaking of outstanding goal play uh Elliot has been great through this stretch Hart should be back soon um that's a bit tough coming up he we have so many great opponents coming up and really important games. It's going to be kind of hard to go, hey, you've been off for three weeks. Uh, go out and play in this must win. Um, but, yeah, I think. Yeah, because this it. week we have uh, the Panthers um, with the Panthers twice. Twice. Yeah. And, uh, and the Islanders. Yep. I'm going to need I'm going to need five out of six. Yeah, I think so. And those games, you gotta win in regulation. Like if you're gonna win, you gotta win yeah, them in can, regulation. You can't give, can't give up a, the points. Yeah, I can't give them a point. Um, and I guess the Islanders probably would be the most important one there, because or maybe the uh, the Panthers. I think the Panthers are more important because I mean we're playing them twice and they're like right there with us, right? We're like basically tied in the standings. Well, uh, basically, and. The Islanders are just above us, and 
as I was thinking about it a little more, I'm like, well, the Islanders are in the division. You want to, we want to beat up on that Atlantic division, which I freaking hate. I hate the fact that <laughs> the other division is now the Atlantic, but uh, we want to beat up on that Atlantic division. So it can just be, hey, all five, you know, all both wild card right. spots belong to the Metro. And, you know, two regulation wins against the Panthers, that'd go a long way to doing it and just go, hey, we don't know who's getting in Toronto or Florida, but you got to win the third spot in the in the Atlantic, which is probably going to be below, you know, the second wild card. Uh, can we talk about ghosts for a second and what what happened um, at practice the other day? Yeah, it's it's weird. Um so he threw his practice. He threw a stick into the stands. I'm assuming in frustration. Did we ever get clarification from him on that? No clarification from him. Um, Vino didn't see it. He is not injured. Um, I think the stick broke on him and he like threw it into the stands at practice and, you know, stormed off to the, the locker room. So that's that's not great. Um, so was it and, like Vino didn't see it, and then some reporter was like, "Here, I got it on my phone right here. Will you now answer my question?" <laughs> or is he mad? At, but somebody did somebody do something to him? Not that I know of. I think it's just frustration, and you know, coming into that practice, this would have been Saturday morning. No, no, Friday. It would have been Friday, and. On Friday, we found out, hey, he's not coming back for Saturday's game. So he's been healthy-ish for a little bit. He got one start, and that was the the loss to the Devils. And come Friday, we knew he wasn't going to be in there Saturday. So it might just have been that. It might have been, what the hell do you mean I'm out of this game? You know, Robert Heggs replacing me, but... You know what? Robert Hegg is the guy who earned the spot. You know, uh, AV said, oh, it's a little unfair to for Ghost. He's coming off, you know, so many weeks out. Maybe we should have given him a rehab stint in the Lehigh Valley. And that might be true, but it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And he he looks like a valuable trade piece. I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm not like team get rid of ghost. I like ghost. I still think he has a really high upside. Um, my expe- expectations are down from two seasons ago, but I think he knows. I think everybody knows, dude, you're the odd man out. You know, you're more valuable as a trade piece than you are to this team right now. Yeah, I think we're moving into the window territory now with the Flyers. Like the window is like this. I, I would consider this the first year of the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I it, it might be a three, maybe four year window um, with some of the older guys. We're talking about like Drew and Voracek and and and, and guys like that. So to, to keep to keep those. I mean, we obviously have a lot of younger players and uh, the future is bright in that sense. But if, if you want to do something with this sort of veteran core um it's got to happen you you know this year next year or maybe the year after and that that might be it yeah i think i think the the prime window for this 
current iteration of the Flyers is this next three years. Because I think, you know, so this season, the next two, just like you described, Dave, you have Giroux and Voracek still close enough to their primes. Uh, JVR, same thing. Right. And then I think there'll be a bit of a lull when they drop off to let the younger guys ascend and sort of backfill those positions. Yeah, so what now, I mean is if, like, Ghost is going to be some sort of, like, project piece for the next five years where we're just hoping and wishing and and, and trying to, I don't know, coax them or retool them or whatever, just move on. Yeah, I, and I, I think he's having a hard time. You know, when he came up and made a real impact, uh, the Flyers were a disaster. So him being able to take over a game as I'm going to carry the puck out of the zone and, you know, break in and take my cannon of a shot and take offensive chances. Well, the defense stunk anyway. It didn't really matter. Now you have guys like um, Provorov, first and foremost, Sanheim, Myers, well, Myers is ghost-like in the fact that he's a better offensive player than he's a defensive player. But you have a couple of guys right there who do what ghost does. Maybe not the high-end offensive side, but close enough. So they can still play the defensive role. Um, Provorov at an elite level. Sanheim shows moments of that elite level. But bring the offensive skill, and they're just more well-rounded players than Ghost. So, I mean, send them to a team that needs offense from the back end. Send them to a team where he has a bit of breathing room, and uh, and like be prepared for him to have a breakout season or half a season if you send him to the the Leafs or the the Golden Knights or whomever. Uh, uh, even the wild, send them to the wild and just go, Hey, ghost, do what you do. And it's like, Oh, top scoring defenseman in the league. It's like, how the flyers give up the, this guy because there was no space for him. What could we and conceivably, that's what could we conceivably get in a return? Oh, that's uh, a, for, it's just draft picks. It's a really tough question because you just need two people. You just need two teams interested in it. And right. when the flames lost Mark Giordano, my my ears perked up because now between them and the Leafs and, and maybe a couple other teams, but there's two teams that are crying for defense right now. It is the Leafs and it's the Flames. And in that situation, if there's a bit of a bidding war, it doesn't even need to be much between the two. You can get yourself a first round pick and a prospect or a a middle six winger with an upside and a and a second or third you know you can get a tangible return on ghost because of his upside because of the need out there but if you only have one team bidding we're talking like a second and a third so Right. It's it's really tough. He does have a lot of value, but you just need a couple of teams to be interested in and then we can we could see a haul form. So it's 
it's not a done deal. And if they don't get something substantial back, might as well keep him. You know, he's on a good contract. Right. You know, trade him in the offseason if we're going to trade him. But I, I would think he is not here come trade deadline. I would think that he's going to Calgary, to to Toronto, to Las Vegas, somebody with a need, and we're getting back a middle six, bottom six guy on a short-term deal along with a second-round pick, something like that. So I, I, I just think, not that I'm pushing him out the door, I think we have the space to spare him and the now could be the time to, to strike. Got it. What else on the flyers? Carter Hart, like I said, should be coming back soon. Nolan Patrick. Let's talk Nolan Patrick. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. He had like um, three regular practices in a row. And it's still going to be a bit before we see him on the team. And who knows, you know, a setback could happen. But this is the biggest Nolan Patrick news in months. And if he's available to be back, even even in a diminished role, but as a, you know, a third-line center, fourth-line center, he's going to be better than Connor Bunneman. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to be better than a lot of our options at center right now. So hopefully he keeps it up. The Flyers did not practice today, Sunday after the uh, Capitals win. So we'll see tomorrow. But if he's back at it, you know, maybe another full week of practice, a game or two with Lehigh Valley, maybe we could see him by March, you know? Nice. Nice. And if that happens, that's a a great free agent pickup yeah, with it's, like it's, nothing to give up for. I was going to say it's almost like getting a trade. Exactly. Yeah, he's I I still I marvel at that. You know, it's and it's not something I lament, but the fact that if Lindblom were on this team and Patrick were on this team, I don't even know. I don't even know. I think we'd be you know, the Caps just rack up points. So maybe we're second in the division, but we would be in a lot different place from an already good team. So it's, it should be fun. We have a lot of big games coming up. And, you know, after this upcoming stretch, the Flyers can find themselves comfortably in a playoff position. Great. Right on. Go Flyers. Sixers. Um, God damn the Sixers. <laughs> right on Flyers. God damn the Sixers. <laughs> so you get this four game road trip. That was a total, uh, a total bust. Um, and then they, you know, they come home and they do what they do at home and, you know, win a couple games. Um, you know, we got Furkan Korkmaz out there saving our season uh, the last two nights. Did he put up 17 I, I, in the first quarter today? Yeah, he was all, he was on fire. Today. That's that's and, that was his and this output is something from that like I wanted to whole talk. games. What was that, Gene? Seventeen points was his output for most games most of this year. Yeah, they said that his uh, thirty. I think it was thirty four the other night was like the most from a sixer off the bench since Iverson scored forty. Yeah, 
Yeah, and some, that was something... what, 2004, something like that? Something bananas like that, and like, why was Iverson coming off the bench? But um, is Furkan, like, I don't know, I'm seeing like a great chemistry between Korkmaz and Simmons. Is is Korkmaz I, like a leader on the team? I I don't know so much if it's he's that he's a leader. He certainly has 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 kind of gotten this, for lack of a better term, he's gotten a swagger about him all of a sudden. He's found some sort of confidence, and I don't know if it's he's always been sort of a cocky guy, and a lot of times we would see it as sort of ridiculous because we weren't really seeing any sort of results on the court that really backed it up. But I think now. After you put up 34 points in a game, I think your teammates are going to be like, huh, you know, and it's not like, you know, I think that maybe people think that the Grizzlies are a laughable thing, but they were like 13 of their last 16 coming into this. They were one of the hottest teams in the NBA coming into the game the other night, and the Sixers really beat up on them. Uh, They were in control of basically that whole game, and I think that maybe what you're seeing from Ben is – He's been looking for somebody that he could reliably put the ball into the hands of all season. And, you know, he wanted to be Mike Scott. He wanted it to be – and I think he does give it to Tobias, but I think Tobias is better creating his own shot, honestly, in most cases. Um, Joel has been Joel this year, and I feel like Ben has finally felt with Furkan, I can give it to this guy. This guy's going to hit the shot if he's open. And he's getting open. That's the other thing. He is getting himself really good shots, really good looks, and he's hitting them. Yeah, I mean, from our original, like the starters that started the season or the players that started the season, Corkmont seems to be the only catch-and-shoot guy that we have. I mean, Tobias can make a three, but I I can tell – I can pretty much tell by how he's – you know, the the circumstances of his shot, whether it's going to go in or not. Yeah, he is not a catch it, it and shoot guy. It seems to be when Tobias, you know, can dribble it a couple times, size it up, and then make a decision to shoot. He he can, he'll make those. But if yeah. it's a if it's a pop pop like catch shoot, that's just not it, his game. It's, he struggles with that. And uh, yeah, and I don't think Josh Richardson was really a uh, catch and shoot guy either. I, he was he was kind of like coming off of screens, uh, you know. And he was another one where if he could if he could size it up, he would he would drain it if he. If he had a chance to really get a look at it, he could he could hit it. It seems like Furkan is uh, is much more of a rhythm. You just put it in his hands. He he just goes into his motion and 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 it goes in. Uh, so let me ask you this: from the road trip, <clears throat> which loss pissed you off the most? Uh, very was easily, it the loss against no, the Hawks. It was one Boston. Of the worst teams. It was Boston. Yeah. Boston because it was national TV. Or just it was national it was TV. It was Boston. I just think that we match up so well against Boston that there's really not a reason to lose to them. The one thing that, and I wanted to have, maybe this is just me being having no love for Boston, but I wanted to have that sweep of them this season. I really did. Like I wanted, I wanted because we have dealt with them dominating us over the last couple of years. This year, I wanted to really stick it to them and. I, I just feel like if we are playing our our best game, Boston does not stand a chance against us. We we just match up so well against them, and nothing irritates me more than than Jason Tatum having a good game. It, it drives me absolutely batty because uh, you know 
we, we did not get value out of that draft class. Uh, and he is like the, you know, that's that, that Boston thumbing their nose at us that we, he we symbolizes got that. Failure. He does. And, and, you know, the guy that we moved up to take is in Orlando getting lauded for, you know, whatever accolades he's doing down there. I, I, I don't even, it's not like he's lighting it up. He's what, like a 12 and, and six guy down there. I, he's not, he's not a star. He's not. Yeah. So for the, it was the Raptors game and we actually got, I mean, we got the doors blowed off of us in that game. And the thing that ticked me off the most is like Mopey Joel. I, I can't handle this guy. I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to say if I had to pick between, and it may come to this at the end of this season, it may come to the, you know, this town's not big enough for the two of us kind of conversation to have. Uh, but I, I'm leaning now towards Ben because at least he's making stuff happen. Embiid is just kind of, I don't know. He seems very mopey to me lately. He he seems mopey to me. And, and the more people the, there's always been the knock on Joel that he's not going to have a long career. Um, that he's going to be, you know, he's going to enter his prime early and a guy, his size that plays the ball, uh, plays ball the way that he does kind of like that reckless, like he's a point guard. Um, his body's just not going to be built to handle that sort of a beating for very long. So the idea that if you're going to have a, a chance to win a title with Joel, you, you really needed to build faster. Um, I, I feel like Ben has proven that he's a much healthier player uh, other than obviously that fluky foot injury. He hasn't had any major injuries. He just seems like he's, he's built for a long career. And I really do. There are things that he does, even without the, the, the knocks on his game. He's all, even with that, if there were the other people that didn't shoot in a game, he still manages to have a major impact by the way that he distributes and the way that he plays defense. He is an all NBA, maybe top three or four or five defender in the league. He is the kind of guy you put on the other team's best player and 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 you know that that matchup is is taken care of. And he can guard all five. He can guard any of the guard positions. He can cover your 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 big man. You can put him on Giannis, you can put him on a, on a on a on a any wing. He he that to me brings more value right now than Joel Embiid out of shape and miserable, clearly miserable. And there's never been a guy that I have seen so obviously just take nights completely off, just completely vanish. Not somebody that's at his level or wants to ascend to the level of superstar that he is. Uh, And he does have these moments where he'll respond to that sort of criticism, but he can't, he has no consistency. And it's, it's frustrating. So if this Broussard, Joel, go ahead, Chuck. Well, this, Joel wears his heart on his sleeve, and that's why we love him, and that's where this frustration is coming from now. You know, you talk about mopey Joel. It's the same guy that, you know, cried after the Raptors loss, and it's not saying, like, oh, he's weak or anything. No, it's saying he's a emotional guy. He's a passionate guy, and sometimes you just need to be a professional, you know, so... Yeah, I mean that's what the, if this Broussard, uh, I don't know, expose or whatever, he came out with this report that, and he's full of shit most of the time anyway. But if <laughs> if it is true that Embiid and Simmons are jealous of one another, and neither one of them is adult enough to be like, you know, okay, you can take the, um, 
I don't know what you, a symbolic role of leader of the team. That's fine. Then it can't work, and and we'll forever look at this team as the what could have been Sixers. It, it'll be like, oh, remember that time we had a generational center and a you know a transformative point guard, uh, and uh, who knows, maybe they'll both be Hall of Famers or something at the end of the day. But it would be like, well, they just couldn't work together. And so, really, who suffers at the end of the day is the fans who had to endure the process, and then we have to endure this process of watching these two try to coexist. And it just doesn't work. I mean, Shaq and Kobe like hated each other and they worked pretty damn well. I think, you know, maybe. Yeah, but their styles of play didn't um, clash. Yeah, they didn't inhibit the other one from having success in the way that kind of Simmons and Embiid do. Gotcha. So, I mean, I don't know, but. I mean, I'm I'm obviously not a, a basketball expert or even no, but I hear what you're, like I hear what you're saying you uh, know it's w- with Jimmy Butler there I don't know maybe he needed another big personality to to be like the dominant personality and just go like ah, Jimmy's gonna be Jimmy and you know Ben gives him a little leeway and Joel gives him a little leeway and everybody's happy you know maybe you know all that criticism or mockery of Phil Jackson over the years oh he's a great he's a great coach, but I mean, when you have all these great players, how is it, isn't it easy to be a great coach? And the people who defend him say, no, you're managing these egos. You're managing these personalities. Maybe we're seeing that right now with Brett Brown, not knowing how to go. Hey, Ben, you're the guy in this way. And Joel, you're the guy in this way. And, you know, it's a, it's a big thing in basketball. Um, basketball and maybe football but probably basketball because there's so much fluidity in the roles that there's a lot of people on the floor you know on really great teams you have a couple people wanting to be the quote-unquote guy so maybe it does come down to to brett brown not being able to stroke their eagle egos and make sure they both have enough breathing room to be the kind of players they they have the potential to be and it seems like maybe in basketball more than anything it really requires buy-in from the entire group and there's only 13 guys on it you know on an active roster and if you don't have that buy-in that commitment to to trust the whatever the the system or the the strategy or the plan is uh, you run into these sorts of situations. I think that on paper, our, the general manager of the front office kind of looked at this and were like, well, if we can stack ourselves defensively, we should be able to get through the East because we can we can stop all the other teams, uh, what they want to do on offense. And what I think they didn't take into account is it's a long season. 82 games is a grind. You've got back-to-backs. Uh, you have... You know, playing defense, there is no glory in that. There is no, uh, it's almost like there's no payoff, you know, for their own edification. And I think what you see is over the course of time, even though they're set up to to really, they could, they could hold teams under 90 points every night, that would require so much effort and work that you've got to put out every single minute, every single rotation. Uh, you just can't keep up that level of energy. Uh, 
which is why that would work in a simulator and why we're seeing it not work in real life. I now, mean, the, 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 the payoff for playing good defense should be a win, and uh, that should really be enough. But, you know, if you want to get into the mind of an NBA player, just watch the end of any quarter, and uh, the, the, the three-point attempt to end any quarter will always happen after the buzzer because players don't want to have their three-point percentage go down. Uh, by taking a, a hail mary shot to end right. the quarter, so it's really right. like, pointless. Why do you even throw it up if you're not gonna, if you're gonna wait till after the horn to shoot it? Uh, anyway, whatever. That's, and that's I think probably he, a whole a whole another conversation. But go, go ahead. I just want to say, think think about even in your own, you know, at least maybe for me when you were when you were growing up when you played basketball, um, you wanted to score like that was you know, and I just have this sense that if you've been Joel is the weird case because he came in up through basketball in such a weird way and didn't start Eugene, playing to much later always, in life. Always want to score, buddy. But exactly. But I think that just the natural, like the way the game is, like you know, I wish that it was coached more from a a a defensive way up. It's just that's not it's not how people how stars are developed. That you are developed and and praised for your creativity in how you acquire points. Um, oh, Gene, what do you want? Probably stay all four years in college. Uh, as crazy list? as that sounds, I will stay off your lawn, Gene. Yeah, yeah, I'm such an old. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and you tell me how broken the Sixers are when I say they made a trade at the deadline that was pretty innocuous. Whatever, you didn't get much. You got some bench players uh, for a couple of second round picks, yada yada, whatever. However, in this trade that was sort of ho-hum, nothing to see here, you got your best three-point shooter and your best free-throw shooter in that trade that was supposedly like, eh, whatever. Yeah, which it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And explain to me how we can make this trade on like a Tuesday and they played their first game today on Sunday. Yeah, that I remember when was that the same way it was when we made the Jimmy Butler deal last year? I felt like those guys were in the lineup way faster than we got to see guys this year. I feel like in baseball, they they like actually will literally walk from one dugout to the other and get a uniform on and play. I don't understand. Well, we've certainly seen where they'll take guys out of out of games like in middle innings so that they can go catch a flight to be in their new town the next day. Yeah, so I don't understand what the delay was getting these guys into the game, but today, yeah, they finally saw some some action, and you know, it was pretty, it was a pretty good win today against the uh, against the Bulls. But was there anything I mean, that the new guys did that stood out to you? Um, I, I, I can't say really. that there, there was anything that really stood out to me. It seemed like they. Were... I don't think anything was really drawn up for them yet. Right. So we'll see. See, so Brett goes into the lab. I still have some faith that this team will be. This is not a team that anybody wants to draw in the playoffs. Um, I still don't. I don't know that the Horford. And as I, as you have known, if you've been listening to us, I am. Uh, I like Al Horford. I'm. I was a big fan of the move picking him up. Uh, I just don't know if it's working. I just don't know if it's if it's a good fit for this team. I, I'm hoping that that's not one of the things that is throwing in beads. Um, temperament off, but I just don't, uh, you know, and having him for, I guess, four years or whatever, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's, it's like having a 1-1-A center, which looks good on paper. It just, I actually it, thought he looked good today. 
I don't know yeah. if you watched the game. Today. I thought he looked good today. I, I watched enough. A, I don't a know lot what of his it. line was, but then it was but like he seemed active. I think it was. Well, there was a night this week. I don't know if it was the tail end of the road trip or uh, the win the other night where uh, where he didn't have any points. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't score. Yeah, that's so. It's it's kind of like a feast or famine thing, you know. I, this is one of those things where I, I'm certainly optimistic that I, I, w- I want to see it work. My 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 expectations have been tempered a little bit. I I don't think that we're gunning for a one or two seed. I think that we're just not in that position. I'd love to see us sneak into a three, but you know. The way we play on the road, the more home games we can play, the better. Because otherwise, we're going to be a series where we're going to have to we're going to have to beat teams on the road. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're nine and nineteen on the road right now. There's twenty. There's I, I believe there's twenty nine games left, and we are two and a half games behind the Heat, uh, and five games behind the Celtics. Yeah, but I think we picked up a game on Indiana today. Yeah, well, Indiana's behind us now. Right, that's what I mean. I think we we like picked up a full game on them. I think we were we had drawn even yeah. with them, and then and then now have picked up a game on them. I mean, a first round matchup against the Heat uh, without home home court is going to be. Um, and they made a big move. Annoying. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Iguodala. Yeah. yeah, which so you know we'll he's not Iguodala from three years ago, but still, uh, that's not a guy that I want coming off the bench at me. You know. So, but let's go Sixers. All right, real quick, though. Real quick, let's move on to the Phillies. Uh, we had Truck Day uh, the other day. You guys celebrate Truck Day? I, I don't celebrate uh, celebrate Truck Day, but I'm happy that's kind of become a thing. You know, it's it's part of the Advent season of baseball. Yeah. You know, it's you, you have pitchers and catchers report and, you know, Truck Day of all the equipment leaving. Have I shared the pitchers and catchers report story? Um, on not show. on the show. No, I don't believe so. So I've talked about pitchers like every year. I talk about pitchers and catchers report, and my wife thought it was an actual physical report uh, oh. <laughs> that you would that you would like download or something or print out and and read. Um, so we joke every year, like Wednesday, I have to carve out some time to read the petri- the pitchers and catchers report. Oh, that's <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah, it's like funny. the idea. It's like oh. Extra, extra, the pitchers and catchers report. <laughs> so Read what, all about what, it. What would be on the, this report? Like, just their names? <laughs> like, these oh, are the pitchers, I, and these are the well, catchers. Well, it, it could probably it could probably have some statistics on there uh, that you could use to, you know, figure out what you're going to do for this season. But anyway, uh, so spring training – so it's Wednesday, right? Spring training starts Wednesday. Pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. Yeah, I think uh, – and, and then I think by next Friday, I think we have a game against some – college in florida i think yeah great so philly's news uh we're gonna retire roy halliday's number for four well four years two glorious seasons uh it's in the hall of fame so we got to retire the number right yeah i hate to be the anti-roy halliday you hate roy halliday no 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 i don't believe you hate roy halliday I love Halliday. Damn it. I love Halliday. Retire 34, retire 24, and retire 8, and we can move on. (laughs) Retire 8? Shane Uh, Victorino? You think he had that good of a career? (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead, Chuck. Spew your vitriol against Roy Yeah, well, yes, because I I, I hate Roy Halliday (laughs) and everything he did. No, I love Doc. His time with the team was magical. But it was short. It's 
And yeah, I, I, I know he passed tragically. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just not warranted. You know, unofficially retire the number. Go, hey, nobody's wearing 34 for a bit. You know, just, just go, it's not retired, but it's retired. That's fine. And yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, you know, with no, with no icon on his cap, which should have been the first indication that he was trying to like double dip blue jays and phillies but oh, wow look at you trying to double dip <laughs> that's right from beyond the grave doc is just plotting away his way to worm his way into two fan bases why i well i will find then his widow i don't know who do you <laughs> to alienate more but <laughs> it, it's just it's just it no, here's like here's the hanging thing. on. It feels like it feels like he's not our guy. It feels like the person whose second cousin is Irish and goes nuts for St. Patrick's Day. It's just like you can enjoy the guy, but it 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 doesn't feel earned. It doesn't so feel legitimate. An organization that is so stingy with the numbers that it retires. It's funny to me that they're going to do this for for holiday. So they have this rule, I guess, unwritten rule that we're not going to retire anybody's number unless they're in the Hall of Fame. But I guess it extends to anybody that is in the Hall of Fame. We will definitely retire their number. Yeah, I can't wait for the Flyers to retire Paul Coffey. And (laughs) yes, here's the question. So if Halliday said, I want to go in with a Blue Jays cap, I am a Blue Jay. Which Would didn't we retire he, his number? But didn't he like say that? He did, but that's not what happened. Yeah, he okay. that's what Doc said, but then he died and somebody else got to make the decision. So if he went in with a blue jay cap, would we be retiring his number? And Probably not. While we're at it, it's time to retire Dick Allen's number. Yes, it is. Like if you're gonna yes. retire Roy Halliday for two great years, fine. But then let's go back and talk about players that have given us you, decades of service, decades of, you know, uh, of effort, and basically Hall of Fame caliber play. We have to retire Dick Allen's number, and then let's talk about players that are meaningful to the organization. So, you know, obviously we're going to talk about six, twenty-six, uh, eleven, maybe 30, eleven, you know, whatever, ten. But here's my here's my my thing. It's very hard for me to want to retire Roy Halliday's day, day's number without anybody from the team that won the title before he arrived having their number retired. The whole point of the game is to win the championship. The whole prestige of the organization, especially the organization of, of the Phillies where you have so few titles, you have two. You have two world championships, and you do not have... Roy Halladay did not pitch for this team in the World Series. Cliff Lee did, but nobody's probably going to retire his number because I don't think he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. But he also logged more years for the Phillies. It's it's insane to me to not put, to not have the conversation about guys who are iconic to this franchise and not be on the wall before a guy who is. It's trading, it's trading your emotion for money. 
not to put too fine a point on it but yeah it's the anniversary of the of the perfect game yeah um you know a postseason no hitter is awesome super rare yeah uh it's cool that we have that in our history um and you know whatever that having doc on the team was was incredible uh just i'm not i'm not into it yeah, and we talked so much about the wall of fame that the Phillies do being meaningless. Well, this is one of the byproducts of it. You know, you can't just go, well, hey, we honor Doc. We put him up on the wall of fame. You know, who the hell isn't up on the wall of fame? You know, if if you were a Philly and at one point someone was happy to get your baseball card, you're on the Phillies wall of fame. West and- Chamberlain, welcome to the wall of fame. Oh, so you're saying if the Wall of Fame was a little bit more prestigious, we could just put them on the Wall of Fame and then that be the end of it. Yeah, you you have another legitimate honor. And I know I make everything go back to the Flyers, but the Flyers Hall of Fame means something. Not everybody's in it. It And they don't put somebody in every year. I didn't even know they had it. Yeah, they they have uh, a Flyers Hall of Fame and... John LeClaire and Eric Lindros and Eric Desjardins only went in a couple years ago. Yeah, Ron Hextall went in, but well after his career, like his playing career. Yeah, well after. And it's not something they do every single year. It's it, And it's earned. It's earned. You know, it's not going to be like, hey, Sean Podine is in the, <laughs> the Flyers Wall of Fame. You know, even though he's a good guy and works for the team and all that shit. Alexander <laughs> Dagg. One yeah. hat trick. <laughs> yeah, it's just when you water down the one honor so much, all you have left is to retire his number. You know? So like you did it to yourself, Phil. Or when... t- or to not. What what if they just did like a Hey, it's the ten year anniversary of a of a perfect game. Let's like put a, uh, well, I, I mean, and, and yeah, and put like a poster up or a, a a plaque or or something. And his number is retired in Toronto, I think, or will be, which I feel that's where it belongs. Which puts him in that rare air of having his number retired in two different buildings. Yeah, I think it's already retired in Toronto. Yeah, and it should be retired in Toronto. Mm. And I feel like we are treading on their territory, frankly. I like your idea with the poster. Put a poster up, and, and listen. We'll put. We'll we'll actually uh, tack it to the wall. We won't right. even use that like, like putty stuff, blue sticky stuff that they make us use in college. And we'll put it up. like outside of like not where the window is getting the light on it. Like most of the day, we'll put it on the other oh, side of the faded. room. Yeah, we'll put it on the other side of the room or like above, like the second bunk. You know, so that people will <laughs> see it when they come in. You know. Right next to my uh, my my uh, my blacklight poster, it all it'll all it'll all be great. <laughs> this really sounds like we went to college in the seventies. <laughs> uh, by the way, just a public service announcement: uh, single game tickets do go on sale on Wednesday, so you can get your. Uh, I think it's May 29th, Roy Halladay number retirement ticket. I'm sure they'll go fast. Probably sell out that day. All right, Gene, I'm going to hand it over to you. No Chuck's penalty box today. Take us through your bracket. All right, so uh, just to, you know, to kind of refresh people on the concept, um, this is, you know, everybody watches March Madness, and uh, this is going to be a bracket of sports movies. 
our our shorthand for this tournament has been uh, baseball versus the world. Um, now, initially, I was trying to find like world cinema films about sports. Well, they would all get crushed in this uh, in this <laughs> tournament. Much like if ba- if America played like the rest of the world in 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 baseball, they would probably all get crushed. Crushed. Um, Except for Japan. Gene, I am not. We wait. Hold on. I was, I was saying, I, we were not looking for you to find baseball movies up against international films. Like about I don't want sports? like uh, uh, the I tried natural to find, going up like, against the... some sort of movie about mahjong tiles or something like that. <laughs> I was looking for like the, what is the greatest cricket movie of all time? What is the greatest rugby movie of all time? What is the greatest Australian rules football movie of all time? Chariots of Fire oh, no. obviously would be there because that's people running with British accents. Even though that's maybe the most boring movie I have ever watched in my whole life, She's second have to be only to Gandhi. watching a subtitled High Life movie or something. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of research. Well, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping the Joy Luck Club makes it now since we're doing <laughs> like Chuck, my job. What sport do they play in the Joy Luck Club? Dave already brought it up the the mahjong tiles. Oh, well. they didn't make the research. So anyway, Whoa, it's, okay, yeah, it's, don't, don't go Amy Tan on me. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, okay. So these are baseball movies versus all versus other sports, other sports movies. movies. Yes, and and because so, baseball makes the best movies. So th- the other thing that I did. So this is two brackets of eight. We did not go out to full sixty four because that would bore everyone to tears. So these are two brackets of eight. Uh, but actually, it's brackets of nine because I have uh, put in two play-in matchups in each bracket. So we're going to start with those. Energy, you just can't help yourself. These, these, and I think that I, I try to put a little wrinkle in it. These are legit matchups. It's not just two bad movies that are going to immediately get slaughtered by the number one seed. Um, and we will reveal who all these seeds are. And I did actually put some thought into how I seeded these. And Chuck and Dave, you can probably tell me that I'm wrong, but I did the work, so I get to make the decision. So here are for the five seed. These are playing matchups for the five seed. I'm going to start with the baseball movies for the matchup for the five seed in the baseball. Okay, so the bracket. winner of these debates will be the five seed. The f- winner of, of these two matchups will be the five seed. Now, I tried to also sort of pair them uh, thematically in a way, and you'll, you'll see what I mean when I read the first matchup. So in the baseball bracket for the five seed, I have possible five seed Major League versus possible five seed Field of Dreams. <laughs> Do people listen to this show? <laughs> There's literally an episode title called Dave Hates Field of Dreams. Yeah, but Chuck and Gene don't. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like we've made a hell of a lot of major league references in our time. (laughs) But that is a legitimate matchup. I'm already worried that major league is a five seed in the baseball movie category. So I'm already I already have concerns. Yeah, I mean, why do you think that's too high or too low? (laughs) What, you well, I think it was it's too low, but that's. Right. I, I will wait to see what the other what the other seedings are. So. so, so do we need to like make the playing game like? I mean, do suspenseful, I do or I need just to say major league? Do I need to assume that it's it's going to be major league? I, I mean, I was. It going is major to, league. Go, okay, all right. <laughs> I I will vote in the event of a of a tie, in this case, but uh, obviously, <laughs> it's not a tie. I feel like I mean, do you want to? I mean, should we rehash some of this stuff, like with the historical inaccuracies of of, of Major League and just kind of, I mean, of uh, Field of Dreams? Well, I think just... there's some historical inaccuracies in Major League as well. 
I don't remember uh, Ricky Vaughn well, playing in the league. Well, yeah, but there is no player that's supposed to represent an actual person in Major League. True. So, okay. We, we, we we'll don't know. Put no. it in the show notes, the link to the uh, yeah the, the episode where we rail on. Field of Dreams. I rail on Field of Dreams. You can listen to that episode. It's just a play-in game. The five seed is Major League. All right. Woo! In the world bracket... Now, I feel like there's going to be some dissension between Chuck and Dave on this. The five seed. For the five seed in the world category, the five seed possibly Caddyshack versus possibly Slapshot. Oh, okay. So you went with the comedies there. The, uh, uh, those are two comedies. I... And, and Chuck feels like I, one of these, one of his babies has to be taken out and shot. Uh, well, I mean, I'm going to go Slapshot, but that's... Who man, I'm wondering what the rest of the 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 bracket looks I'm like. I'm gonna be honest, there's one movie on here that's legitimately not good. It's simply a nostalgia for college pick. <laughs> is it Varsity Blues? It is Varsity Blues. <laughs> Varsity Blues is the seventh seed. Jesus Christ. Oh my not god. Not even the eighth seed. It's the seventh seed. I don't want to play <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I don't want your life. And if you can do a better Southern accent than James Vanderbeek, you can be on Philadelphia. <laughs> um, uh, Caddyshack is is brilliant. Caddyshack is hilarious. Um, I think a lot rides on Bill Murray and the the dude from uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, but Slapshot is Slapshot, man. It is it is like like a, a the Bible of hockey players, and it probably shouldn't be, but it is. You just, you know, who owned the Chiefs? I feel like that phrase comes out my of my mouth a hell of a lot of times. I mean, for me, it's no contest slap shot over over Caddyshack. I mean, Dave, what is what is your opinion there? So I I feel like slap shot to me gets elevated because of a lack of uh breadth of hockey movies i i think yes i think for a long time it was the hockey movie yeah 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 but it, it captures something it captures the spirit of actually i mean a lot of people want to say um like the broad street bullies error but it captures really the minor league hockey of people just grinding it out how there's even you know in in accuracy like people say oh time to play some old-time hockey um when talking about a grueling game in the nhl when there's lots of fights but in slapshot old-time hockey means not fighting it means actually playing the game so and that slapshot's damn funny too it's but I, I personally revisit Caddyshack much more often, though. And I think Caddyshack has a little bit more of the star power with, like, Rodney Dangerfield and, and Chevy Chase. Well, I mean, yes. Yes, it has. It's got a bunch of timeless comedians in it. I mean. Of the two films, Caddyshack is funnier. Mm, yeah, Caddyshack <laughs> is funnier. Caddyshack is funnier of the two films. I think which one conveys a sport better, you know, captures some spirit of it. I, I'd say Slapshot. 
All right, I'm, I'm just let's just make Gene cut the baby in half. All right, <laughs> I'll vote. I'll vote Caddyshack. I'm voting Slapshot. Uh, Chuck has swung me with the which one has conveyed the spirit of the sport better. Uh, it really was the hockey movie until you know fairly recently. Uh, so I'm gonna put Slapshot through. But uh, yeah, see that was that was an interesting. An interesting matchup, and I'm just I've... curious because I, th- you know, what? I, 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 my vote might be different if I saw the entire, if I saw the entire bracket. Yeah, I, 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 like I almost know that like Miracle is going to be on there, but I'm wondering if you're going to have like uh, Mighty Ducks or something, something, some other hockey related. There is uh, one movie, other and if you have movie, any other golf there, Miracle movie. is on the list, and that is the other hockey movie. The Mighty Ducks did not make make the cut. Okay, there was it was okay. it was in contention for a while, but. Um... It didn't in the in the end, it did not. Um, I will say that in the world category, I, I did try to ver- have a variety of, of sports and not have it just be all boxing movies and a couple football movies. You know what I mean? Like that. I almost sure. could have done that. So uh, I tried to keep it kind of a variety. So let's let's you probably could have done baseball versus boxing. Too, we could have yeah. done baseball versus boxing. Yeah, but I still really think, could have. I still think that this is going to be a much more interesting Bracket. So anyway, so, so what are we, are we doing? Are we doing all uh, all the remaining matchups, or are we doing one side? I think we I think we could run through. There's only there's only four on each side, and I don't know that anything's going to be as tough as Caddyshack versus Slapshot, honestly. So okay. um, I'm going to go the one versus eight on each side, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, so I'm going to start with the baseball side, one versus eight. The one seed. I also think you guys want to hear who, who, who everybody is on the on the list. Uh, the one sure. seed is the natural. Yeah. I think that that was kind of a consensus pick as the one seed in the baseball side. The one seed is the natural versus the eight seed, the original Bad News Bears. Um, my vote is for the natural, but the original Bad News Bears has a special place in my heart because that was the baseball movie for me as a kid you know that came on you know channel 17 channel 57 a decent bit every summer and you know i i love that film but the natural is baseball as a metaphor for american life you know that's natural was the the film that spawned a thousand term papers so i mean you gotta vote <laughs> natural and i i literally wrote one of those i think um I, I you know i think that decision is actually probably a little tougher than uh you we might have thought when you just see that on paper because i mean the natural is just so like universally recognized as one of the greatest baseball movies uh there's something about the bad news bears though that i um I don't know. It's like this like weird little time capsule for me. I, I mean, if you ask me which one I want to watch now, the answer is Bad News Bears. Like, right. Uh, like the natural is like sort of a labor to watch. And it, I don't know. It, 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 while Bad News Bears to me is like a little time capsule and like revisiting this like, <laughs> you know, time uh, that was no longer acceptable. Uh, the natural is feels kind of like a slog to get through sometimes. Um. But I do love it. I, I I remember I recorded the natural off of TV uh, when I was younger, and I think I wore out that VHS uh, <laughs> watching it over and over again, fast forwarding through commercials and stuff. So I, I I'll go natural, but I you know I'll pour one out for the bad news bears. And, and yeah, I agree. And just go to on, weigh in you. on it's a it's a unanimous pick here, but just to weigh in, 
honestly, the Bad News Bears, the original, not even my favorite of the franchise. I loved Back in Training more than anything, uh, which I believe is the one where they go to the Astrodome. Um, I think that's uh, that that it's it's not even the one. Uh, by that point, uh, Water Matthau had moved on, and they had the other guy coaching. Um, and I had seen that first, so I thought that that's how the story started. Um, so that always held a special place in my heart. And uh, hearing the uh, what what is the 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 Philip Souza thing that goes on at the the end, watching uh, the kid run around and take all the bases up at the Astrodome. Uh, seemed kind of <laughs> mythological to me. So uh, since it's not even my favorite Bad News Bears flick, I would go with it's, that. It's, it's actually Bad News Bears in Breaking Training. Oh, Breaking Training. I knew it had something to do with training. But yeah, they go to I'm the I'm not really sure zone. what that even means. but uh, Well, they break stuff in the movie, mostly. And, and then, of course, Bad News, Bad News Bears go to Japan. Go to Japan, yes. Not a good film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the it's wor- a lot closer than you might think. Yeah. But the, the world the world bracket and i feel like these are two two dramas uh this might be uh an interesting pick for a sports movie but uh it was on our list something that we had considered uh and it was one of my favorite movies so the the one eight seed the eight seed the color of money versus the one seed in this bracket a lot of choices for a one seed here this is a very close call but i went with rocky being that we're potadelphia so rocky Oh, God um, damn you, Gene! I love the color of money, man. I fucking yeah. love the color of money too, but yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, you're basically talking about a, a best picture winning sports movie. That is, well, didn't 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 Rocky win best picture? That's what I'm talking well, that's about. What he's saying. Oh, I thought Color of Money did. Did it? No, I think that I... Paul Newman won best actor. I don't think that it won best. Picture. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to pick against Rocky on this yeah. podcast. Uh, n- neither am I. And I but... picked the original Rocky for a reason. You know, I didn't like throw in. Because it's actually a good film. Rocky Four. you know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, can is it safe to just bundle the entire Rocky franchise into this? Like, Rocky. I, yeah. I, I, mean, gotta beat... I, I, I mean, that makes it really, really tough to beat, I think, because that's <laughs> okay. essentially right. like. For me, that. It's like you're putting my literal DNA against these other things. Um, you know, if you, one film, I feel like I can separate myself a little bit, but and yeah, that entire franchise, I feel like, is literally coded into parts of my body. See, if we did the literal franchise, it'd be much harder. Well, it'd be much easier to beat, to be honest, because because <laughs> they get worse as they go on. Well, yeah, because it, Rocky Four probably is my favorite Rocky film. Rocky Four is not a good movie. Like the original Rocky is is a. Can we wonderful... just take Rocky out of this thing altogether? Is it <laughs> you want to replace the one seed? Oh no, I'm I'm just messing around. No, no, I, I don't think the original Rocky is a a wonderful melodrama that's very entertaining and captivating. Rocky Four is utter trash, and I will watch it like six <laughs> days out of the week. So should I have just had it, a, a a a side of the bracket that was just the Rocky movies? <laughs> I uh, but I mean, The Color of Money that was like another movie that I was really into when I was a kid. Um, I just thought it's what made playing pool cool to me. Mm-hmm. 
that was that movie and just you know the kind of uh the the whole idea of hustling and double crossing and and you know when i was originally watching that film i had no concept of the hustler being a being a movie and this being a sequel to it or or anything yeah, like me that either. the first um, time i saw it i had no idea that there was any you know because i saw the hustler more more like a sequel or like a prequel and i like the hustler better than the color of my eyes. Well, they're playing they're playing straight pool, which is like weird and obscure to us uh yeah. now. You know, it made nine ball made it much easier and, and relatable to watch. Yeah. And the excitement level I I think was taken to another level on it just by the game changing. Um I, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. It's a shame it's it's going out so early. Yeah. All right, Rocky. And um, speaking of movies though, Parasite just won best, uh, best picture. Oh wow! Awesome! Hell yeah, man! That's incredible. That, that was. I, I mean, I I didn't see them all. I saw six out of nine, and to me, Parasite was the, was. Yeah, the best I w- one. watched it today and uh, could not recommend it higher. So yeah, congratulations. I uh, I have not seen it, but the consensus I heard going into this was Parasite is clearly the best film. It's not going to win, but yeah. and um yeah no Parasite Parasite won, and there's seemingly a lot of shocked people and. Unfortunately, only one translator up there. Yeah, but a lot um, of shock people, and they're all wearing World War Runner uniforms and are in a trench somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but they're used Better to being to... shocked. Okay, uh, let's let's stay on the world side and let's go with the number seven seed, the aforementioned Varsity Blues, versus one of my least favorite great movies, Hoosiers. Yo, I. Hot take from me here. I Hoosiers does not hold up great. Doesn't. I'm with you, dude. I agree as well. Oh, <laughs> I, man, I can't. However, <laughs> with I that mean, being said, whipped cream bikini, uh, no. drunk Dennis on, Hopper on, ta- on Tara Reed. <laughs> okay, Chuck, you had to go and spoil everything. <laughs> Not that she isn't attractive. She's just she, and she was actress. much more attractive then. I don't know if you've yeah. seen her lately. She looks kind of more like Dennis Hopper now than Dennis Hopper does. Yo, I will say this though: if if Varsity Blues was the eight seed and Color of Money was the seven seed, Color of Money would be moving on at least as far as I'm concerned against Hoosiers. Um, but I I, I will let who I, I will give it to Hoosiers for for me. Although I don't believe it, it holds up very well. God, can I really vote? I mean, just the, the just the blues? actual sports scenes in Hoosiers is not great. It's not. Uh... I would probably argue that the football scenes in Varsity Blues look better than the basketball scenes in Hoosiers. Oh, that's not. I don't think that's close. All right, Gene, I'm making you the tiebreaker because I'm going Varsity Blues, and I don't feel good about it. Yeah, but I'm I... going Varsity Blues. I have to go Hoosiers just because, you know. Gene Hackman is is kind of a it's kind of an iconic coach, uh, and I can't remember who plays. Oh, it's by Billy Bob Thornton. I was like, I was gonna say, I can't remember who played the coach in Varsity Blues, but it's Billy Bob. It's Thornton, definitely right? not Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, that's that's it's Friday Gene Night Lights. Hackman. No, who plays who plays the coach in Varsity Blues? Oh, isn't it like John Voight? Oh yeah, it's John Voight. Billy Bob Thornton is in Friday Night Lights. That those two roles kind of get blurred for me. Those you know. But so here's what I'll here's here's what I'll say. So. Uh, Hoosiers, the iconic scene is when he measures the baskets, yes, right? Yes. 
And the iconic scene in Varsity Blues is either whipped cream bikini on Tara or I don't want your life. Right. And, and I feel like I measuring, the basket, go <laughs> measuring the basket beats both of those. But unfortunately, that matchup, way closer than it probably should have been. <laughs> Excellent job by the bracket maker on that one. Whew. I, I stand by my decision. So what a, what the last bracket is baseball two versus seven. Now, now this next matchup, this was this is very hard. I'm I'm just going to tell you now, this is very hard. Uh, the number seven seed on the baseball side is The Sandlot, a movie that I have seen in the fifty count, and maybe the only other baseball movie is the number two seed that I've seen more, and that is A League of Their Own. So Sandlot versus A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own, hands down, not even close. The I I mean, I enjoy the Sandlot, don't get me wrong, but I think A League of Their Own, in my opinion, might be the best baseball film. I, I think it just captures something about the sport. I feel I, I feel like you get the grind of baseball in A League of Their Own. Maybe it's the time on the bus, maybe it's the the players like coming up with the song together maybe it's the evolution of tom hanks as the manager i feel you know or dotty leaving the team and whatever but i feel like leaves, it captures a season what's what kit leaves not dotty oh no she oh, leaves sorry. and comes back but kit gets traded well no i'm a dotty leaves and comes back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're right i'm sorry i didn't mean to correct you <laughs> um but it's for me, it's a, a league of their own, hands down. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you could just be so sure about that, Chuck. I, it, I, I mean, the Sandlot. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a relatability thing to me. It's like you know, remembering my childhood in a different way than Bad News Bears did because it wasn't. Uh, Sandlot's not organized baseball. Obviously, it's Sandlot. Um, but just really boiling down baseball to its like purest, like unadulterated, like I don't know, just, just yeah, break it down to the actual atoms and molecules of its chemistry is is the Sandlot. It's like that's what's important about baseball. Like that's why kids all across America grow up and want to be major leaguers is because of like the joy and the fun and the, and the brotherhood and the camaraderie uh, and the friendships uh, built through baseball. I love the Sandlot. I, I, I think, um, I don't know. Like I, it just, it is childhood. It is baseball to me. So and, I, I and, vote Sandlot. And Dave's dad had a signed Babe Ruth baseball that he once gave to a dog. So, I mean, I love the Sandlot, but I just uh, a league of their own is for me the quintessential quintessential baseball movie. So it's it's no crying in baseball versus you're killing me, Smalls. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. I say yeah. you're killing me, Smalls, twice a day at least, <laughs> mostly just to myself. I was gonna say you hear it or you you, you say it or you hear it said. To I you. say it to me. Okay. <laughs> Every time I fuck up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I knew this was going to come down to me. Honestly, I knew it was. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
I mean, I, I saw A League of Their Own five times in the theater, so I'm going to go with A League of Their Own. But it yes. is, it is, it was not, it's not easy, honestly, because I, I agree with David a lot. Chuck. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is, I don't know, it's, and I love the Sandlot, I really do, I, I love the Sandlot, it's just, I, I, a league of their own just captures something for me, I, it's, it could be, I, I don't know, maybe the, you know, it's a classic you know, here's your opportunity to, to shine and, and they took it and they exceeded and wherever the case may be, it's, it, it's a good story. It's, you know, it's bittersweet that it's just a small time in history, but it's the camaraderie for me. It is, it's what team sports are all about. It's defying expectations. It is, it is, you know, the, the the relationship between the sisters there it's a league of their own for me is def- the best baseball movie it might be i love miracle but it might be the best sports movie for me honestly interesting oh, that spoilers. you say that interesting that you say that chuck over on the world side the three seed miracle versus the six seed the original karate kid not that garbage with jackie chan <laughs> What has played my hand? I think, uh, although I love Karate Kid, I don't think the Karate Kid is a sports movie. You know, I love the Karate Kid. There's a competitive combat sport tournament at the end where you don't sweep the leg. I'm not knocking knocking the decision to call it a sports movie. I think that's fair. But in my head, it's it's a, you know, teen, tween, coming-of-age movie, you know, that I have great affection for, but... No, man, it's for me, miracle. It, hands down, the the hairs on the back of my neck stand up just thinking about miracle. Um I will rewatch Karate Kid uh a lot. But a lot more than I rewatch Miracle. Um hmm. I'm trying to think of a way to make this like uber interesting debate. Uh, but I mean, it's a miracle uh, captures the most important uh, sporting event in the history of the United States of America. Uh, possibly the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, the Kurt Russell, uh, Herb Brooks portrayal is awesome. The, the speech is awesome. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff about the, miracle, the so. hockey in miracle is awesome. I was yeah. just going to say that Gene, the hockey's phenomenal. In that. Sure. Miracle. I vote miracle. You don't need to decide this one. Gene's miracle. Nice. I was going miracle too. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and finish off the, the world bracket with, uh, with the with the play in winner slap shot at the five seed against the number four seed, remember the Titans. Oh, all right. So, do you like saccharin or do you like whiskey? That's yeah. <laughs> um. I so I, remember I'm let somebody else start because. Okay, I recently rewatched Remember the Titans like not too long ago with my son. And um I don't know. There's 
<laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, it's it has a great, um, you know, message. This the I don't know the football in it is a little. It's a little, uh, um, and some of it's a little ridiculous where it's basically like they don't get another yard and then the defense doesn't allow one single yard for the rest of the football game. I, I don't know. I like Remember the Titans. It's a good football. There's not a lot of great football movies. There really isn't. There's not a lot of great football movies that portray football well. Well, it portrays football all the exact same way as part of the problem. Yeah. I think right. actually the best football, like actual football on film, is maybe any given Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what, what I was thinking of. But I don't like that movie. Yeah, no, that movie's boring as uh... I prefer <laughs> I prefer Unnecessary Roughness, which is another <laughs> another sentimental favorite for this podcast because my very, very good friend Kathy Ireland is in it. Oh, yeah. That's true. Friend of the show, Kathy Ireland. Uh, I, Enemy of the show, Sinbad. <laughs> the football movie that I think is the most like rewatchable is The Replacements. The Replacements is pretty good, yeah. We've brought up before, man, but the program. Yeah, the program is awesome. <laughs> the program, you, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'll tell you, a straight veto for me was Rudy. Straight veto. There was Thank no you. way it was going yeah. on this list. Thank you. I'm voting Slapshot. Chuck, the time is yours. I'm also voting Slapshot. I was going nice. to try to leave in. Our first upset of the night, the play-in Slapshot. Moving on. All right, so uh, we've got uh, two matchups to wrap this baby up until next week where we've got the three seed. Kind of a surprise one. Moneyball on the baseball side versus the six seed, eight men out. Ooh. Moneyball. I love this movie. Uh, this is a great great I, I love moneyball i love brad pitt and moneyball i love jonah hill and moneyball moneyball is awesome it's really underrated there's not a lot of actual baseball action uh in moneyball but i think that it i don't know there's just so much that that i i enjoy ab about this film and it's just about the game and the way the game has evolved to the way we see it now i think it's important um sort of like lesson for someone like growing up to watch this film and to see how baseball transitioned from the old guard to sort of new school so i think moneyball is great love it uh gene uh i love moneyball too and i just watched it again <laughs> recently and forgot how much i like it um Dave makes an interesting point. There, there is not a lot of ba a lot of uh, baseball itself in it, but damn, does it make you like? It almost makes you want to be like, I love the Oakland Athletics. It makes you want to go out and buy green shit. Like, there's Chris very Pratt, few, man. Yeah, there's very few. There's very few, and he's really good in it. Um, and before you even knew who he was, really, uh, it might be my other favorite Brad Pitt movie. So, um. I was hoping that it, if it had come down to me that I would get to make the decision for Moneyball. And, um, yeah, I I think Eight Men Out's really fucking boring. I do. Uh, Chuck, was that you just, like, saying I vote Eight Men Out, Gene, you pick? No, I voted Moneyball. I was trying to, uh, <laughs> I was trying to uh, build. Uh, no, I think Eight Men Out's really fucking boring. Like, I get why it's a important baseball movie, but I, the only I'd rather have I'd rather have my kids watch, like, Ken Burns. Yeah. To learn about that or something than than to watch that that film because they'll be like, what the hell is the this? villains? So, the villains are like cartoonish. Uh, the only thing I like in it is the stuff about Shoeless Joe. 
Oh, is he actually left-handed? Uh, I believe he. Oh. <laughs> I believe he is actually left-handed in that movie. Uh, DB Sweeney. Don't play by DB, Ray Liotta. DB. Uh, and I thought DB Sweeney. No, it is Ray Liotta that plays. Uh, no, no, no. DB Sweeney plays him in Eight Men Out, right? Well, yeah. Yes. In, in yeah, Field yeah. of Dreams. He's it's okay. Ray Liotta. See, I, I will say that for a Philip Seymour Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably the downside of of Moneyball. I actually I just have affection for Philip Seymour Hoffman. I do too. But, I like yeah. him. I like him. I used to go to but, see movies just uh, just on him being in the Malone, like, and sometimes that worked out, and sometimes it manager. didn't. Yeah, yeah. I and don't. He has the build for it, but yeah, or had the build for it. Well, um, have you seen Gabe Kapler? Come on, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was a hundred percent on Moneyball, so All I was right. trying to build some suspense. All right, cool. That's low key. My 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 my. You know, maybe the the thing that Dark might Horse. win this whole thing. Yeah. The three-seed Moneyball moves on. And finally, the final matchup of the night, the play-in winner at five Major League versus another really funny baseball movie. I bet you can guess which one I have not talked about. You got oh. it. It's Bull Durham. Ooh. <laughs> Candlesticks do make a nice gift. Shit. I don't know. Did you think there was another, f- uh, you know, maybe before we finish this, just any any v- glaring omissions on either side that you think that, man, Gene, you fucked up. You you didn't add, you know. Um, now, I no, know. I thought you did well. I mean, I saw the suggestions. Nothing jumped out to me as like as a glaring omission. Now, when just talking about it, you know, pride of the Yankees. <laughs> Now I considered that, and I have actually seen that, and I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Um, it just felt like it was in a whole nother genre, almost. You know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree. But it's it was something when you said eight men out for some reason. Um, Anthony Perkins and Pride of the Yankees popped in my head, and I was like, "Wait a second, um, isn't that Gary Cooper?" I'm pretty I might be sure Gary, uh, Anthony Perkins. I'm pretty sure was like way too young because Babe Ruth plays Babe Ruth in Pride of the Yankees. Okay, I might be. I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah, were you thinking oh. like maybe like Bang the Drum Slowly and uh, mm. what's the what's the football movie equivalent of that? No, it's Battle of the Sad Movie. I don't think you missed anything on the baseball side, Gene. Yeah. I think baseball pretty much hit the big eight. Did a what's great job. I kind of missed. Uh, I would have liked to see white men can't jump. Uh, it was it was a late omission. It was late omission. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, there's just so many box. I mean, you could have had uh, Raging Bull on there. You could have had yeah. uh, Million Dollar Baby. Um, I'm still mad about Million Dollar Baby, so Cinderella that might be my, my own bias. Fear strikes out. That's Fear the Anthony strikes Perky. out. Yeah, no, that was uh, Anthony Perkins. I don't even I think I of. know what that is. Um, <laughs> weird. But yeah, no. It's like Norman uh, Bates playing baseball. Yeah, weird. Yes. So, um, Bull Durham, the maybe, um, maybe my, you know, just one of my favorite movies versus uh, Major League, maybe one of the funniest movies. Yeah, this is might be one of the toughest for me. Um, my affection for Major League, you know, predates Bull Durham. Like I, I didn't get exposed to Bull Durham until after Major League, and Bull Durham has a little more heart to it, a little more sentiment. Um, but for for comedies and you know baseball classics for me, I'm gonna go Major League, but uh, 
That, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. I'm going to say Major League over Bull Durham, but I could go either way, really. I, I'm jumping in on top of you, Dave. I'm I'm a Bull Durham fairly strong camp on this one. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I realized uh, that I was straight seeing Susan Sarandon in that movie. Um, (laughs) that scene when Nuka Lelouch goes over to her house um, that woke things up in my body I'll be honest Um, so uh, just for the simple fact that it 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 answered a lot of questions for me I'm gonna go Bull Durham um wow how do I how do I follow that up the the I believe speech uh in Bull Durham is pretty yeah timeless i mean that's 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 a classic right there um major league has so many so many quotable like every line is quotable from the top to the bottom like this guy here is dead you know look at this fucking guy joe boo needs a refill you know like all like <laughs> all of these are just so so <laughs> you may run like these but you hit like <laughs> shit <laughs> uh I, I got to go with, with Major League because it brings me such joy. Uh, I I mean, I love Bull Durham. There's nothing I can take away of Bull Durham. It's, it's, it's a great movie. Um, I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I like, I, like, I like the rewatchability of Major League a little bit more. The five, yeah, see, the five seeds in both brackets move along. Don't be a four well, seed. That's well what, ranked. Yeah, the, don't be a four seed is basically what that tells you. <laughs> and I, I mean, and Susan Sarandon may have answered some questions for you, but you know, Tim Robbins and the <laughs> Garters just raised up a whole level of uncomfortable <laughs> questions for me. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here, guys. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back next Monday with more, uh, you know, the, the more movie brackets and and stuff and more infuriating Sixers talk and uh, and Flyers stuff. We got spring training starting, uh, so that's going to be great. So we'll be back next Monday. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. All- Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around with new episodes every Wednesday. Uh, and until then, have a great day at work, everybody. We are out of here.